They say banks are boring, credit unions are dull. We don't agree, we love them all. Except for the big banks and neos who take a market share, make consumers blue. Need a fresh perspective, new direction. Take back banking and make some connections. If you feel stuck, it's not your fault. Here's an idea, try thinking outside the vaults. Hi, I'm Zach Garver. And you're listening to Thinking Outside the Vault, a podcast for community banks and credit unions. If you're a serious gardener, you probably start sprouting seeds for spring three to four months before the weather is warm enough to plant outside. The same goes for fall gardens. Right about the time your tomatoes are ripening, you should probably be preparing the plants you want to grow in the fall. Here's what it comes down to. In gardening, there are windows of opportunity that are dictated by the weather. If you plant cabbage too late in the season, it might grow to a decent size, but guaranteed the first hard freeze is going to hit weeks before the plants are ready to harvest, and all that work will be lost. Marketing follows similar patterns, with windows of opportunity dictated by seasonal events or cultural moments. The Super Bowl only happens once a year, but companies start planning their commercials months and months ahead. To stretch the gardening metaphor a little further, the world of marketing got hit by a brutal and unexpected winter known as the coronavirus pandemic. Lots of companies have pulled back on their marketing outlays and are hoping to see some signs of spring before they restart their campaigns. But here's what that approach gets you. Nothing. That's right. If you're a financial institution, you get zero new account holders, especially with branches closed down or operating at reduced capacity. Add in the fact that we're in an election year and creeping up on Q4. If you aren't claiming ad space for the end of 2020, you are likely to miss your window of opportunity completely. And that's what we're here to talk about today with Casasa's Director of Digital Marketing, Star Exton Raymore, and Allison Daniel, a Senior Marketing Manager with Casasa. Given the forecast for the remainder of 2020, we are encouraging our clients and all community financial institutions to implement a marketing plan that can both attract new consumers and allow your marketing department to stay nimble, deploying your budget with maximum effect. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Star Exton, Raymore, and Allison Daniel, welcome to Thinking Outside the Vault. I'm very excited to have you on our show today. Uh, and we're going to be talking about a new campaign that we're running. Um, but I would love for you to start out just uh, introducing yourselves and telling our listeners a little bit about what you do at Casasa. Star, why don't you uh, get started? Sure. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us. Um, so I am the um, digital marketing director on the B2C team over at Casasa, and I help um, oversee uh, uh, our campaigns that we execute across a multitude of digital tactics uh, for our on be- for um, and on behalf of our financial institutions and credit unions. And I work really closely with my partner, Allison Daniel, on the direct side of the house. Allison, how about you? Awesome. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Allison Daniel. Um, I also work at Casasa. I'm the B2C um, Senior Marketing Manager. Um, I work a lot here with my partner in crime, um, Star. We do a ton of awesome marketing campaigns on behalf of our institutions. Um, And I oversee our direct marketing channels here at Casasa. For anyone that needs to know a little bit more about what direct means in our world, uh, that's direct mail, email, landing pages, and our acquisition performance list. Okay, that's great. 
so marketing right now is is a little bit of a different animal than it had than it was in January of 2020. Uh, we are looking at a global pandemic, and businesses are shifting their strategies and how they operate day to day, and then that of course translates into how they market. So the um, part of, and part of for listeners who don't know, part of what Casasa does is we we offer marketing services to our institutions, right? And so we, and I'm, I'm speaking here for Star and Allison, like uh, we've set up a new campaign that we are hoping to help institutions kind of address the environment, right? The economic environment and uh, some of these other things. So can you guys tell me what the campaign is? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So like, just as you had mentioned, you know, everything was kind of just, you know, moving along, going as planned for 2020 and then boom, um, COVID hit. And so we had to really pivot quickly, um, to respond to that. And, you know, in the midst of running all our other traditional, uh, product, uh, awareness campaigns, we needed to create some type of messaging that would speak to, uh, the pandemic to let, not only um, our prospects, but current clients know that, hey, we were still open. We're still we're still here for you and serving the community. And so we created at that time something called a reassurance messaging campaign. And really from that um, developed this idea around a seasonal campaign that we would have available to our institutions that they could run, you know, starting at end of summer through the fourth quarter to really have to continue to drive awareness and have visibility um, during that time of the year. So ultimately, that's where the um, the genesis of the seasonal campaign um, came from. Allison, I know you've got some really great details on what it includes if you want to expand on that a little. Yeah, sure. So our holiday seasonal campaign, like you said, Star was kind of created on behalf of all of the challenges, but also some really awesome campaigns that we were able to spin out so quickly and I think seasons and the holiday themes are probably one of the most ways to fun ways to market. So all of our team members came together and we developed what we are mentioning here, a seasonal campaign. So it's really fun. It allows institutions to mix and match from a variety of our tactics, direct and digital. And it's primarily focused on our checking products. For those that don't know, um, our Kasasa cash and cashback checking products. There's a lot of fun imagery that we sourced Various choices for each season, as Star mentioned, um, we have end of summer, which is September, fall, Halloween, October. We get into some of the fun months like Thanksgiving and November, holiday, winter. And we even have some stuff to kind of end out the new year in January so that um, feeds over nicely. But yeah, everything's, it's a lot more, it's a pretty fun way to market checking products. And there's just a lot of options for institutions to select from. I think one of the coolest elements of the campaign is that they can select from our color block template. And what, as you can imagine, color block meaning colors. So we're offering um, a variety of options, red, teal, black, and gray. So kind of a color palette that fits institutions that really enjoy our branded red, but there's also some black and gray. So for some more of our neutral clients that just kind of want to stay a little bit more subtle in their marketing. Okay. Cool. So I'm going to put myself in the situation of a 
somebody running a, a community financial institution. I'm looking at, at the world. I'm looking at my business, and it strikes me that I might just pause my marketing and wait for all this stuff to settle down uh, before I put my money out there. I mean, we Casasa certainly <laughs> isn't isn't encouraging that approach. But like, can you talk a little bit to? I mean, I can certainly understand why someone would feel that way. So, can you guys talk a little bit about why? it might be counterproductive to pause marketing until yeah. January, yeah. 2021. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, if you were to ask me like, should you do that or not? And I, I, you know, I would say, are, are you in the travel industry? You know, in that case, like, yeah, not a lot of folks are traveling right now, but people are looking at their finances more so than ever right now. So now is definitely for this category within this vertical. This is not a time where you want to kind of disappear. This is a time where you want to come to, you know, to the front and have that presence and maintain that presence. And not only that, with that presence, build that momentum as we go into 2021. You know, yes, there's a pandemic going on. Yes, we're, we're adjusting to a new normal, but that doesn't mean that that our FI should um, or recommend any um, any financial institution should take a backseat at this time. It's really great to make sure that you continue to have that visibility and that the folks within your you know your target market uh, know that you're there. Because if you're not there, then somebody else will be. So some of the ways that we've I've heard you guys talk about this campaign is that it's a it's a good alternative for people who are not wanting to do longer term marketing commitments. And, and I'll confess, even though I'm a copywriter, work on the marketing team, um, I have not been involved in like the planning and media buying. So to me, when you say like, yeah, this is more of a short term thing. And I think, well, like Christmas is six months out. That's not short term. Why? Like put that in context for me. Why would you do something like this? Like w- what is a longer commitment? maybe a standard commitment for a marketing campaign? Yeah. So we offer and um, we offer several different types of campaigns. Our orb campaign, which we refer to as optimized results-based marketing, that's a commitment up to three to five years. But that's a really Ah. special campaign, just mainly because we really get to know the FI, their market, their target customers. There's a lot of multi-tactics channels running at that time. Um, So I would say that probably is the most drastic from the holiday campaign, you know, Zach, we do offer campaigns anywhere from the six to 12 month durations as well. It's really honestly up to the institution and what goals they have. But the holiday campaign, I think what's really special about that is it almost lets institutions have a, they can actually like try on a tactic if we want to say, you know, maybe they have been a little hesitant on getting their Facebook page up and running and then partner with us um, to run a social media campaign. This allows them to do so um, anywhere from one to four months, although I think Star and I would recommend to just have at least three months in the market to ensure that you have that presence. But it really does allow that flexibility. It's a great way to keep your digital running um, at all times in which we always want to recommend that brand presence is really important in the market. But again, it's a great way to try on a tactic or maybe drop a few pieces of direct mail. Um, And I think the holiday seasonal creative is a really great way to stand out because I'm sure we're about to talk about this too, but there's going to be a lot going on um, in the holiday season with the election. 
just the everyday chatter we hear about the coronavirus. So it's just a good way to stand out. And I think it's a, it's a really like human fun way that we all can relate to. We see a jack-o'-lantern and we think of Halloween and see this awesome invitation to open up a checking account too. So it's just kind of fun for us. Well, I think there's a, a stat that I was reading recently. It's something like 22% of of consumers are considering, uh, you know, changing checking accounts in the next couple of months, which, you know, that's obviously not a majority of consumers, but that's enough to say, hey, there's like a real opportunity out here to to take advantage of. Oh, absolutely. I think more than ever, too, people are very um, in tune in what's coming in their inbox. They're engaging with their own Facebook and seeing digital ads that are being served to them. I know myself, especially going to the mailbox every day is kind of a big deal. (laughs) This is true. I actually talked with Keith about this uh, on the podcast. Like, it'll be interesting to see if... uh, if direct mail gets a real boost, because people will be spending so much more time like looking at the pile that they left on their kitchen table or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I look forward to the mail lady coming every day. But also, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, not only just having a passion for a direct mail, I think though customers are definitely um, out there reading their mail. And it's really great for us because our, you know, always recommendations are to have multi-channel, Right digital, and then layer on your direct tactics to really get that impact in the market. Well, talk a, talk a little bit about that, because I, from my understanding, we don't necessarily recommend all channels for everyone. Um, how do you guys go about consulting with institutions to, to pick the right channels for them? And this, I mean, I feel like this could be useful whether you're working with Casas or not, like to be able to recognize that some channels are going to work for you, for your target audience, and some are not, no matter how much, you know, the person across the, you know, the consultant or whatever is saying like, no, 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 you got to do this kind of marketing. Like, well, what's Um, really best for the, you know, what reaches the right consumer? Right, right. I mean, we do a really thorough analysis, but some of them, you know, very, very like starting at the very beginning, the basic questions that we look to answer is, you know, where are they located, right? How many branch locations do they have? Are they in a rural, you know, urban, suburban market? You know, those are just, you know, kind of the baseline questions. And then from there, we kind of drive into what is the the website experience like? How what's the utility of it? Can I navigate through it easily? Are the products easy to to understand? And um, and and can I get to an account opening? Right. Does it have online account opening Mm. or some, some, you know, some form of that? I know we have we offer Inmo here at Kasasa. But really, if there if there's is that a seamless process Um, So those are things that we're looking at, you know, have they done any other marketing previously? And if so, what have they tried? Um, What's worked and what hasn't worked? So layer on to that, and Allison can certainly speak to this um, in more depth um, as well, but we run a personics uh, report so we can fully understand, you know, who the the cash customer or cash back customer um, is and and where we want to target. And we can pull those reports down to the zip code level. So that really helps us in, in terms of, you know, the strategy and speaks to the sophistication of the of the targeting. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, so just to kind of drill down a little bit, let's say I'm operating a community bank and I, you know, for whatever reason, like my current account holders, I really haven't felt the need to have an online account opening 
platform set up. But I hear all this talk about digital marketing seems like it's the you know right way to go. I had somebody set up a Facebook page for our institution. Um, is is digital marketing the right you know the, the right solution for somebody who who doesn't have that like smooth experience? I mean, I would say first of all, if if they don't, that that would be an area that they would need to address. You know, uh, immediately. I mean, we're especially now more than ever in the the COVID climate, it's it, everybody's going to be, you know, transacting online and doing business online. And so I would I would tell any institution that that would be, hey, number one, make sure you have um, the ability for online account opening. So they would need to get their their digital strategy, you know, straight. And so, I, you know, I, I would say that everybody would need to be in the digital space. It's where we consume the most, you know, most of our time, whether it's on a mobile device, on a computer, on, you know, a, a laptop, if we're streaming now through um, Amazon, Hulu, or any other over-the-top connected um, service provider, that's all digital. And so regardless of the, uh, that experience, which you, you hope that does have some type of um, online account opening ability, you would still want to ensure that you have a strong um, digital presence. Yeah, I think one of the stats that I heard, like that, that we've seen something like a fifty percent increase in people opening accounts online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's fifty-one. Yeah, is it fifty-one? I was like, I think it's a little bit one digit. Look at a lot of stats. Put that in context. We've seen an overall drop in people just like the total volume of people opening accounts, but the people who are opening accounts are opening them online. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, not, you know, you can't make it into a branch. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to go look to see what they have, you know, for an online experience. So mm-hmm. uh, it just uh, if we can kind of wrap up, you know, put a bow on, on this segment, like if what would you say are the really like must have components to be able to effectively like market and and onboard n- new, you know, account holders online? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I mean, speaking out of just like personal preference and experience, I think a very strong online uh, experience is really important. And so, you know, when we say online account opening or some sort of digital account opening option, you know, there can be versions out there that take, you know, several minutes. They might require an institution to come back and give them a call. And so I think that when, when actually setting up a checking account, I think that ease um, ability um, is really important. So being able to say, I'm going to click this button, open up an account, have some information or directions on what I need to have available to me. Um, I think driver's license, social security, those like personal documents that you can have ready, um, plug in all your details, fund it, and hit apply and go. Um, and then minutes later, you know, you have access to this awesome checking account. That's a really good customer experience rather than that taking, you know, 15 minutes or even having an institution having to get back in touch with you. Because as we know, we're so busy, it's really hard to catch calls during the day. So we found institutions that have a really seamless experience to be very successful in their account opening experience. I think that makes sense, right? Like we, you drive a bunch of traffic. If you're going to spend the money to drive the traffic, to your institution, either virtually or, you know, not that long ago, drive them physically to, to a branch. Like you, you want to have, uh, 
a, a comfortable, a convenient way for them to complete whatever transaction they're there to make. So I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Star, I think, I think at the beginning you were talking a little bit about the reassurance campaign. Um, and I think that it would be worth going back to that because that's something that, that Keith had talked a little bit about on his episode of the, the podcast, but, um, I think it'd be easy to overlook that. Like what, talk about like what the reassurance campaign is and then what it actually means in practical terms. Yeah, um, absolutely. So essentially, you know, we, as Allison mentioned earlier, we run a lot of of orbs on behalf of our financial institutions, the optimized results-based marketing and, and also a lot of a la carte marketing as well. But we needed something where, where we could pivot the messaging a little bit to, to be altered to what was happening, what was transpiring with COVID, you know, there was just so much uncertainty. And so we wanted to make sure with the reassurance messaging that we could reassure again, you know, the, the targets that we were reaching that look, despite everything that's, that's going on, we are still open. We are still here for you and we're still serving our communities. And so that's really what we wanted to do. We wanted to be able to start rotating in that messaging alongside their product messaging. So not necessarily taking away from the product messaging, but building awareness around um, that reassurance messaging and saying, you know, and coupling those together and then, uh, you know, and executing them um, in tangent with one another. And it was actually, you know, really interesting in terms of the results that we received on that. You know, we have had uh, hypothesized that, you know, we thought that institutions that ran it were, were going to do better uh, than those that didn't. And we were actually spot on. And what we found was nice. that while we did <laughs> Always see, nice to have that. Uh, always nice when you're right, right? true. Okay. But what we saw was, while yes, you know, overall, we did see a dip in overall um, account openings across the board, whether they were running an orb or an a la carte program. Overall, for those institutions that ran the reassurance messaging, they saw um, an actual 30, 34% increase in overall account openings. So I think there was there's really something to be said about that. And that's why with the, the seasonal campaign that we will be doing, we will have reassurance messaging that will complement that as well, that will be rotated in to complement it within the digital space. So um, another reason why we're super excited about that, that campaign. So it'll be it will it will complement it really nicely. That's cool. Now, earlier we were talking a little bit about you know, uh, it being an election year. And, and I want to, want to lean on your expertise here in terms of, you know, this, this media buying and, and placements, you know, in, in an earlier episode, Keith had kind of mentioned, Hey, people are at home, they're streaming. There's, you know, there's a lot of inventory out there. And so it might, you know, it, I, I think it would even be, maybe be reasonable for somebody to think like, well, like what's the urgency, right? Isn't there supposed to be all this inventory, for me to get my marketing placed. And, and, you know, in our conversations, it sounds like that's not the case. So, so lay that out for me. What is, what does inventory look like for the next six months? I mean, it, it, there's no doubt that it's, it's, a, it's, we're going into really tight avails, right? I mean, we do have 
Um, we're competing with all the e-commerce that's going on right now. We're competing with the local inventory um, that's getting secured by you know local um, retailers. There is, of course, the never-ending pharmaceutical, and now we've got <laughs> on top of that, right? And all of those things that are happening, you're going to have a segment of people that are going to tune some of that stuff out. So again, it's very important. Everybody's looking at their finances right now to make sure that you're in that space, you know, that you are there. So yes, there, it's going to be, you know, we're going to see some really tight inventory availability as we head closer to the election. That being said, what our team is able to do is we're able to kind of go in programmatically, see what is available and still get into kind of, I would say, almost like the, the crooks of it, you know, and find mm-hmm. the spots um, and, and still have that presence. I mean, that's, that's really what we, you know, overall, like part of what we specialize in. So, so yes, I mean, it's, it's always busy in a fourth quarter, like third, fourth quarter, given, you know, the holiday season this year, it's just exceptionally busy because everybody's flooding the online space. But to me, like, in my opinion, that just makes it even more, that much more crucial to make sure that you are there and that you are, are leaving a, a lasting impression. Uh, we do anticipate that you would anticipate that within any fourth quarter. This year is just a little bit, a little bit tighter, given all the the other you know um, uh, election hoopla going on. Sure. Well, I mean, and and just a, a quick note about that. It seems like a lot of the sort of physical rallies and things that that both parties are you know like to use are not going to be as, and it's not an option. Like, so I would, I mean, if I were hypothesizing here, you know, we'll see how it goes, but I would expect to see even more, uh, more spending on advertising than, Are you, oh yes, absolutely. Years. Yeah. That so it's like up. we had a big explosion in inventory and I realized I might be, <laughs> might be kind of using like, you know, industry specific speak there, but like, just to make sure that our listeners know when we're talking about inventory, we're talking about uh, the space available to place advertisements, right? Whether that's, that's right. you know, how many commercial slots are, you know, available on a given channel or, you know, radio, whatever that is, like right. th- there is a limited amount because also that's mm-hmm. on, and it's on demand, but to, to some degree. So that's like, that's right. the inverse. So we had an explosion in inventory and then we have people rushing to it because they're trying to capture the attention of of those people to make up for the lost sales, you know, of physical foot traffic and that sort of thing. And then now we've got an election year in which, you know, advertising is even more at a premium than maybe ever before. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get in there, you got to get ahead of it. And that's part of the reason why we say, you know, when you were speaking earlier to like, well, let's, you know, six months out. Um, that's why you, you secure it now, right? Because we go in and we, we, we book that inventory before, we, you know, head into um, a even tighter availability um, in terms of total impressions that are accessible to us within that inventory. That kind of speaks to that. Another really um, fun fact, um, just about the first half of the year, you just kind of reminded me of this, was that, you know, when we saw advertisers pull out of, of Facebook, of, um, you know, the, the programmatic digital display space back in, I, I guess, around March and April, that left a huge opportunity for um, a lot of the local um, uh, retailers and um, e-commerce business, businesses to go in and kind of eat up that space. And as a result, it, it just skyrocketed our overall um, impressions um, in performance. So interesting. um, Yeah. 
So, you know, that's another, again, another reason, like as the, you know, when somebody else kind of leaves that space, that gives us more opportunity, you know, to come to the forefront and be right, right in front of the person at the right time when they're looking to make a financial decision. And the time to, to do that right, is not uh, not after you realize you need account openings, but but all the time so that you have yes. that consistent flow of, of leads. So I would love, I'd love to just pivot a little bit. So let's say, I mean, I, we serve a wide range of institutions, right, from, you know, kind of semi-regional, um, you know, like sophisticated in the sense that they have a lot of department, you know, a lot of staff, you know, working in their various departments to cover all the stuff. And then, you know, all the way down to some like single branch locations where people are wearing a lot of hats and working very hard to try and compete against some of these bigger places. But let's say that I'm an institution that is feeling pretty confident about my internal marketing ability. You know, my team can really handle this. Um, and, and I'm hesitant to partner with anybody else to do this. Um, what would you say to that, to that person who's saying, no, I, I got this? They absolutely could. They could definitely try um, and give it their best bet. I think they might find some of the multi-channel campaigns a little challenging to be able to sync up, um, you know, right at that same moment, have the same strategy focused to a very um, particular market. You know, as Star said, you know, we're really able to peel back all of those layers and get into the granular behaviors and interest of our, our prospects and really speak to them um, on all those channels and um, um, tactics. And so, you know, I give everyone the best go to that. But I think specifically the, the seasonal campaign really allows one to grab and go start their, their holiday campaign with a mixture of tactics that can run in a synchronized way. Um, and start right right at September. Get ready for the summer and have that presence because that's going to be really important, um, especially in the months of November and December. Yeah, and, and I think like to add to what Allison was saying is that you know we are able to tap into. I would say, I was going to say years of experience. Um, I think that's you know, fair to say, 20, right? 25 years of experience, probably across Allison and I alone. And then just at, at within the financial space, right? You've got just subject matter experts within this vertical, within this space that know this stuff backwards and forwards. And we're able to use all of the, you know, the data that we have gained and insights that we have gained over you know, the numerous years that we've been doing this um, at Casasa and, and use that, you know, to our advantage. And I, and I think that that's something that, you know, an institution, regardless of the size that they'd have, you know, they would, they would, I'm not going to say struggle with it, um, but they wouldn't have that advantage um, that we have going into this, having, you know, command um, of the space, of, you know, itself. So I think there's something to, to be said a, around that. Yeah. I want to, so just to kind of, revisit a little bit a conversation that we started with just talking about the you know the global environment the economic environment and so interest rates are down right the fed is, has set interest rates down there's there's a lot of margin compression going on so institutions are looking for products or looking for customers i should say that that want products that help them battle that you know things that might bring in um you know, more interchange or other kinds of non-interest income. Um, can you guys talk a little bit about the types of consumers 
that we see coming in and opening up Casasa Cash or Casasa Cash back accounts? Yeah, well, we, Zach, have done a lot of research on one, identifying who those individuals are, and it's really helped drive some of our just like um, proprietary modeling and segmentation. I think there are audiences that overlap uh, between the cash and cashback customer, but I think there's some very definitive gaps, and a lot of that's based off of age. You know, some of our un- younger consumers may be more interested in a cashback account because um, they're just starting out in their career or they're just, you know, they're just in that younger stage of life. And then our cash customers, they do tend to be a little bit more mature or older. Interesting enough, too, they live in some more suburban and urban areas, so a little bit more affluent. But not to say that those don't overlap, but we do have some very definitive areas where we see those account holders fall into. And I think that also depends on when you look at the the website experience and that digital account opening. Um, We know how those um, individuals will respond and, you know, what, you know, how we'll get them there. So there's just a lot of insight that we use to ensure that one, if an institution needs a recommendation on what product might be appropriate for their market, we do have some tools that we can have a lens into that. And also too, um, if they just want a particular account, you know, we can help drive that interest to them. Okay. That's, I think that's really helpful. So, and, and to kind of just bring all of this back and, and sum it up a little, little bit, like what, whether, you know, a, a institution decides to use Casasa to help them with this marketing, uh, you know, some of the things that I've heard us say, is just that like the uncertainty and the, and the desire to stay out of long-term contracts is, it makes sense. Like there's, there are good reasons to, you know, look for something that might be a little more short-term, you know, uh, but, but like there's still an opportunity here that if institutions are not forward thinking, if they're not looking at their marketing and trying to deploy it in a strategic way that they're going to miss out on, um, you know, and, 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 and the more they lean into that opportunity, kind of the, the bigger it gets, right? Like you, Allison, you were talking about experimenting with different channels and that sort of thing. Um, which I think is, I mean, I, that's, it's so much easier to just say, eh, I'm going to put it on pause and January 21, you know, 2021, like w- we'll get things kicked off again. Um, but I think it would, it would just, it, it would be a real bummer. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. like that opportunity yeah. is now. Is yeah. what we're saying. You know, we, we kind of, yeah, we, you know, kind of touched on that a little bit earlier, but yeah, like how the importance of making sure that you, you know, um, not only have that presence, but again, you just can't, you know, just halt it um, then expect to come back and have the same place in line as you did before. And, and that's why it's so important to, you know, have that presence, you know, continuously, you know, we always like to say on our team, always on, always strong. Um, mm. Because it's important to always have that continue, you know, that, that continuous presence um, and then building off of that momentum, um, because that's really, you know, that's how you create that brand awareness. That's how you um, make a name, you know, for yourself in the market place as like, hey, I'm we're a legit player. We're here. You know, we're 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 staying here and, you know, we're forced to be reckoned with. I mean, that's really what you're doing when you're running an ad campaign. And if you are not in that space, then that's going to hurt, I think, your overall bottom line and your ability to open accounts. And and so that's why I would I would um, not recommend 
not running anything at all or not doing anything. But at the very least, you know, we talk a lot about paid search, right? What's the first thing somebody does on their journey on a consumer journey? Mm, yeah, right? that's they, a great point. Right. They come in, they search. You, it's at the beginning of the journey and at the end of the journey. And if you're not there and you don't have a paid search campaign, then, you, you know, you might as well. I mean, I hate to be so harsh, but not exist because that you need to be in that space. You need to, you know, be popping up within that search at the time a consumer um, is looking to make um, a decision. Well, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't even think it's so much harshness is just like, you know, speaking, you know, plainly and, and, and coming, I feel like all of us here coming from a place of like genuine concern and for the institution. I mean, those from a marketing perspective, if someone's searching for a checking account, that's like the most qualified lead you could hope for short of someone who literally just opens, you know, your branch door and says like, what do you got? You know, like right. I have money mm-hmm. in hand, give me a checking account. If someone searches like good, you know, you know, I don't know, reward checking, whatever they're searching for. Um, they're right. telling you they want it. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Low hanging fruit. They're right there. They want to know more information and that's where you need to be. Right. And so we know just from, you know, the, the, you know, the, the experience that we have in doing this, that, Hey, that's not sometimes that's not the first, you know, that's just the very first step in the journey. Right. But that's not the last step. Um, they might, you know, have something that's going on in the background. Um, they close out that search or, um, you know, they're working from home and, and the phone rings or, or what have you, and they get distracted and taken away from that. But then later on, you know, they might be, you know, perusing their phone, their mobile phone, and they get served, um, a retargeting, you know, ad within the programmatic space, you know, mm-hmm. again, that's complementing that paid search where you started for, from in your journey. And then that journey continues until you, you know, you circle back again, um, to open that account. Yeah, that's, I think that's a great point. Now, uh, Allison, you talked a lot, um, I mean, you, you may, we're making some great points in like trying to describe what this campaign looks like, the types of creative that we're using, cause that matters, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. stuff takes, a lot of, of manpower, <laughs> uh, you know, we have the designers and copywriters and making sure that everything's sized appropriately and like building those assets from scratch is a significant time investment, especially going to try and do it for yourself. And we're, we're offering that, you know, to institutions, but I'm curious, is there a way for institutions to preview this campaign and kind of get a feel for what they might be putting out there? Oh yeah, absolutely. We have samples of all of our creative. I'm sure, you know, there could be things as simple as a billboard. You drive by your local institution, you might see that. You know, we well, do- I mean, like, can can I pro- can I can I put a link in the show notes where people could go and, and oh. look at the campaign and get an idea yeah. for um, the type of like what's contained in this campaign? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, okay, we great. have well, we'll some samples of all those. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I think, uh, I think that's a great spot for us to kind of wrap things up. I so appreciate your time. This has been a pleasure to have this conversation talk marketing with, you know, two really, uh, obviously accomplished and, uh, skilled people in this space. And I think that our listeners will find it really beneficial. I don't know how many people, how many other businesses are out there kind of helping unpack the situation, you know, in the second half of 2020 and, and how to take advantage of this opportunity. So, uh, this has been great. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you for having us. This was so awesome, Zach. Thank you. <laughs> well, it was my pleasure. I love doing this. So. As always, 
Our mission is to help you make the most of the opportunities in front of you. And while multi-year marketing contracts may not be the right strategy for 2020, there is a golden marketing window in Q4, and we'd hate for you to miss it. The advertisements you place today will bring a harvest of new account holders in 2020 and beyond. By delivering the right message to the right consumers at the right time, you can sustain and even grow your business while other companies are struggling. Seasonal marketing is a great way to accomplish that. Oh, and be sure to look in the show notes for the link so that you can view the creative assets from the seasonal campaign that we talked about. As always, thank you again for listening to Thinking Outside the Vault, a podcast produced and distributed by Kasasa. Our theme music was written by Victoria Kerr, who also serves as our production assistant. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to our podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher, and leaving a review. This helps other listeners to discover our show. You can also send your comments and feedback to social at casasa.com. Thank you.